When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now is a great legal mind. She is a CBS legal analyst. She's been, I think, one of the great, great legal minds out there for so many years and just an awesome individual. We love her, John. The great Ricky Kleiman joins us now here on Sit and Friends. Uh, Ricky, great to have you here. With This is Rita with John Katsimatidis. Well, I would never pass up an invitation to speak to you and John together. Um, this is the one radio show that I've agreed to do in the middle of all my other work, and that's because of the two of you. And I understand CBS Thank is you. giving you're a CBS analyst, and CBS is giving you special permission to be on with our show anytime you want. That's correct, John. <laughs> Thank you. Ricky, we love you, and we're so grateful, and we're grateful to CBS, too, for having you uh, here with us. I can't think of a more important day. Uh, i got to get your reaction to yesterday and also your assessment of just all these charges. And from your great legal mind, where does it go from here? Well, this is going to be a long haul. <clears throat> yesterday certainly had to have been a sobering reality for Donald Trump, um, and you could tell that by the expression on his face, not only in the still photographs, but when he uh, came in or out of the courtroom. Um, there may be uh, a lot of bravado, and I can understand uh, why he is saying what he is saying, but it is not a good thing to be arrested. And I've had white-collar clients, I've had people who have been very successful in life and who have felt that they've been wrongly accused, and when you've brought them in to be fingerprinted, uh, to get in a booking number, and to go through the process of arrest, it is indeed uh, a sobering moment. Um, when you look at the case itself, I think that um, uh, certainly all of uh, not only the public that was interested, but certainly those of us who have been following the case and commenting on the case for various networks, we all were waiting to see what the face of the indictment would tell us. And when you look at the face of the indictment, as often happens in New York, it is a bit what we call a bare-bones indictment. There are really 34 counts of falsifying business records. And outside of having a date um, uh, that a check may have been written or that a, an entry may have been entered in the business records, you really don't have a sense of what the facts are behind it. So in New York, Alvin Bragg is the DA, also filed what's called the Statement of Facts. And the Statement of Facts, which is 13 pages long, goes into uh, graphic detail of what the district attorney says is the basis for their case. And what they outline is um, the allegations of a very comprehensive scheme during the entire time of President Trump's, uh, excuse me, the entire time when Donald Trump was running for president. So in the allegations, in the facts, it goes from 2015 to 17. Uh, the detail is, um, I think, would be disturbing to a defendant. Um, the real question 
will be ultimately for a judge. Is a judge going to decide that on the facts, as alleged by the district attorney, does the district attorney have a basis for charging this particular case and making it a felony? And that's going to be the whole case. It's really not ultimately what the jury is going to do with this case, what the defense has to be concerned with and the prosecutor has to be concerned with is when it gets to that time for a judge to say, I'm going to let this case go forward or I'm going to dismiss it. That's the day of reckoning. And, you know, Ricky Kleiman, um, a great uh, CBS legal analyst, give us a sense of the timetable. Um, like typically, again, there's no sort of typical, but what potentially uh, could we could we see? We know that there was a hearing date um, just sort of thrown out there in December. But where, where are we going with all this? Time-wise. Well, what what happened during the hearing, now that I've read the transcript, because he was in court for almost an hour, which is uh, really kind of unheard of in an arraignment, which usually takes about 10, 15 minutes. But one of the things that was dealt with, amongst many things, was the scheduling issue. And the district attorney's office has an enormous amount of material, what we lawyers call discovery material. And they have to turn over to the defense everything they've got. They've got to turn over grand jury testimony. They have to turn over witness statements that were not before the grand jury. They have to turn over every document, every text message, every everything. So what they have done is they've created a rolling discovery um, uh, obligation over a period of months that the defense will be able to receive and review first the grand jury testimony, and then it will be followed by this myriad of documents. So this, these dates will really bring us all the way to December. And apparently, it's a very similar schedule to what this judge did with the case of Alan Weisselberg, so that it seems like this is an extraordinarily long time to have a hearing, which someone might have thought, including me, that perhaps we would have had in 45 days, that it's really not going to be until December 4th. Um, And that means that there are issues of motions to dismiss that the defense will file that will then have to be heard, briefed, um, and a decision made before the case can go to trial. Yeah, there's a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. A lot of steps. Yesterday was like step one, put one foot down, and you can't even get your second foot down yet. Um, because we're talking probably about a trial, although the judge had asked for a trial date in January of 24. The defense said they could not be ready until the spring of 24. And frankly, I don't expect this case, if it should go to trial, if it survives a motion to dismiss, I don't expect that we're going to see this case for at least a year and a half. Wow, a year and a half. Ricky, Ricky, I mean, a lot of people are calling this uh, more political stuff than ever. Uh, I mean, when does this political crap uh, end? Well, I think, John, just to give you the other side of it, I think that um, obviously there are people and there are vast numbers of them who feel that this is all political and that this is not a legitimate legal prosecution. However, if you look at the statistics, this office has brought, um, I think it's over 200 counts, something like 30 cases, uh, for precisely these combinations of 
a falsification of business record misdemeanor coupled with concealment of another crime, which brings it up to a felony. Um, so it's not as unusual as some people would make it seem. So part of it that's unusual is that the felony could be, one of the things we don't know, could be a federal election violation, could be a state election violation, and could be a tax count. And the only reason we know that is because it came out in the press release and the statement of facts and the press statement that Alvin Bragg made. So I still don't know, and you don't know, as to what is the crime that they are really saying Donald Trump, as a defendant, attempted to conceal. It's one of those three categories. So we'll see what happens. Um, I certainly have heard uh, on the airwaves uh, Donald Trump's lawyers uh, who are uh, very able to speak about why they believe that there is no crime that has been alleged here. And you certainly also know that Michael Cohen in federal court um, pled guilty to being part of this scheme. So the real issue for me is, can a state prosecutor tie a falsification of business record misdemeanor to a federal election crime, or does that belong in the federal court? Yeah, that's the big issue. I guess uh, we're going to have to wait and see because uh, neither side is going to say we surrender. Right. So this is going to be a fight, a a fight to the death. It is. It is going to be a bitter fight. Along with all the other cases. (laughs) That's uh, right. There's a lot of other ones. If any of those investigations come forth with a charge, all of them will be, to use your phrase, a fight to the death. Well, well, Ricky Kleeman, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for your uh, sticking up for for whatever uh, for our laws and law and order and our laws, uh, which is very important to all of us. And we'll, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Okay, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much, thank you, Ricky. Thank you very much. We love having Ricky on.